Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Before we uh, turn to God's word, it would be good for us to pray. Does anyone feel like praying? Does anyone feel like praying that we might hear the voice of God? Pray that God might do something in this moment. Not just hear the the thoughts of Tim, but hear something from the heart of God. Anyone got faith for that? Okay, let's pray together then. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege and the freedom of being able to gather together like this. Thank you, Lord, even through the powers of the internet, we can be kind of in one moment together. And God, we want to pray that this would be your moment. Pray that you would be front and center of our attention. Pray that your word would breathe life into us. Lord, would you have your way? Would you do your work among us? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And I pray, God, with all my heart that the words of Tim would not get in the way of the word of God. But Lord, instead we pray for something to happen here that would change us. Not just entertain us, not just inform us, but change us, Lord to come by your spirit and change us as a church. Because heaven knows we're not who we will be. So would you have your way in this time. And I pray for everyone at home as well. Pray there'd be such a sense of your tangible presence uh, for those that are watching live and catching up. Lord, may there be a sense of you are here with us. Uh, We ask in Jesus' name. And we all say together. Amen. 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 Just want to give a quick notice, uh, a mention. Um, that uh, in just a couple of weeks on Easter Monday, uh, we are sending David Dodwell away on sabbatical. Um, And we're doing this at his request rather than because we just want to send him away. In fact, it's a really important part of him preparing to take on a senior ministry role uh, later in the autumn here. And uh, we thought you would like the opportunity uh, to sow and invest not only in prayer, but even financially in his sabbatical. And so over the next couple of Sundays, if when you're giving an offering, even online or using an envelope, just put sabbatical. And what that will go towards uh, will be the cost of, we, we want to send him to Israel, uh, to the Holy Land on a tour, uh, so he can walk where Jesus walked and spend time in prayer. Uh, there's some academic study he's doing. Uh, there's special kind of trips he wants to go visit other churches. And I know that, that many of us would want to just, as part of our prayer, if you like, to say we're sowing into this. And uh, David was just there. I think he's gone, but if David was there, David, we're with you. Uh, But actually, he's not even sat there, for those who can't see on the screen. Um, But please do um, just be praying about that and give as you feel led. Now, it is really good to be here together. And I'm not sure um, how the average week is for you. But most weeks, not every week, but most weeks, I really look forward to this time together. I look forward to something that on the face of it is quite remarkable, uh, is that a group of people as different as we are would gather in the same place. People that ordinarily might not hang out together, we come in here and we gather our attention on Jesus. We praise him with music. We, we sing. We learn together. We read the Bible together. And we do that in acknowledging sometimes, maybe not always, just how different we really are. Maybe just have a look around at the people around you and just say to the person next to you maybe, you are really different. 
just, just say that. Everyone at home, you are really... I mean, I, I have... I have met some different people in my life, but you are really different. We're so different. You're like really, really different. Like really you're different. And in, in this, we could say, oh, isn't it wonderful? The variety. Isn't it brilliant? Our unique DNA. Oh, we're all different. And that's really good on the surface of it. But what does it actually mean for us to be family when we're all so different? You see, with this year, God's led us to say, what does it mean for us as a church to build together and a greater sense of together? And over the last few weeks, we've been looking, what does it mean to build family? Now, it's really a lovely idea to say, well, actually, we're, we're a church family. It sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds like, do you know what? I'd love to be part of a church family. I certainly don't want to be a member of a church like, I don't know, being a member of, of everyone active gym. You know, I'm not, it's not a gym membership. I don't want to go to church because you kind of go to the cinema. So I don't want to go to church. I want to I be part of a church family. It sounds brilliant until you meet other people in the church family. And everyone is so different. If I were to describe all this, let's describe our Sunday lunch. The meal that we're going to go to perhaps after this service, unless we're on catch-up and you might be having breakfast while watching this. But um, the, the next meal, kind of Sunday lunch. For some, it might be rice and peas. Any rice and peas? Uh, any, any, any other? Okay, a few. For some, it might be jollof rice. For some, it, it might be a curry. Anyone having curry as the next meal of the day? Okay, if you, that's right. If you come to us, it's roast dinner. And I'm going to tell you how amazing Mrs. Roberts is. It's Mothering Sunday. And guess who has prepared the roast? She has. That's the amazing woman I married. So, but something like Sunday, even something as basic as that, like food, it... It actually is a different experience for all of us. So if we said, hey, all let's have Sunday lunch together, some would be bringing the spiciest food that rips the shreds out of the mouths of other people who like boiled chicken. So that's not, I'm not there. But some of us, somebody actually boiled chicken. I don't know. If you boil chicken, I'm not being offensive, but that is different. Why would you take something without taste and actually boil the taste away? I don't get it. I'm sorry, I don't get it. So we're so different, but we say, oh, we want to be a church family. And the fact is, between us, there are so many things that divide us. In fact, I wonder for a moment, we could have, um, just maybe just identify the things. You could even just look in this room. What are the things that divide us? Listen, let's take the gloves off. Let's be honest. And let's see if we can throw up here some things that divide us. Who wants to be first? Just shout out, out where you are. Age. Age. What was the next one? Race. Somebody said race. Race. Age. Race. Sex. sex. Yes. And I'm going to put in there sex and gender and also sexuality. Loads of things that divide us. Okay. Social background. Social background. Yes. Social background. 
And that, is, that includes a whole load of things. Um, that includes things like education level, doesn't it? It includes, like, we could say class and the amount of money that we have that's related to that. Sorry? Language. Okay, language really divides us. Have you ever been to a country where you actually have all you, you don't even, the only words you know in that language is amen? <laughs> it's like, you're a human, I'm a human, but this is not going well. Anyone had that before? Language. I went to a village in Ghana once, in a tribal village in the north of Ghana, and uh, the, the, the uh, tribal elder welcomed us in. And uh, what he said to us when we came into the little mud hut, he went, Nah! Now, I hadn't spent a lot of time in Ghana before. I didn't know whether it was a positive greeting. I didn't know, I didn't know what to say. And I looked to my friend, he goes, you, you just do that back. So I said, Nah! <laughs> now, we're laughing. I'm laughing because that's, that's just different, right? But it was perfectly normal. For the village out, that was his language, right? Language really does divide, very different. Anything else? Religion. Sorry? Beliefs. Beliefs, yes. Beliefs, and I'll add to that, traditions. Traditions, um, things that, that we believe, but also things that kind of we do in result of that. Did somebody say wealth? Okay, so I'll just make this, definitely wealth is related to class. Definitely. Sorry? Culture, okay, culture, yeah. Now, culture, um, let's break that down a little bit. I'm going to say, well, definitely music is part of culture. We've mentioned language. Any other aspects of culture that divide us? Fashion. Fashion. I love this. What was the other one over here? Origin. Origin, yes, where we're origin. That's related to, to race, isn't it? Politics. Marriage. Okay, marriage. Okay, right, here we go. Um, politics. Now, Politics. We made a decision during Brexit to not mention it from this platform. The reason was someone said, you mention it, do you want to split your church? <laughs> yes. We prayed for it, but we, we didn't mention it. The reason is because that would be a really good way to have a big argument. And actually, we're here to worship Jesus, not have an argument. That was the approach we took. Maybe not the right approach. I don't know. There was politics. There was something else after politics. Marriage. Marriage. What, do you mean, what do you mean by that? Whether some people are married or not? Okay, so marital status, definitely. Okay. Occupation. Occupation. Great, we'll have a couple more. Occupation, what someone does for a job. O I could do Occupation. Personality, that's a big thing, isn't it? Anyone had one of those personality tests and discovered why they really don't like their boss? Because they're an ENFP, right? Ah, now I know! You're an EFP, an I, an ISJP, or whatever it is. Sorry? Neurotype. Neurotype. <laughs> He's operating a camera and he comes up with a word I can't spell. So, neurotype. And whether there are any neuro there's neurodiversity. That's actually a really important thing. We haven't talked about loads of things like uh, physical ability, things like this. Listen, we could we could we could fill five of these, right? So we'll pause there. But it's worth acknowledging that this is just us in the room. The things that divide us are massive. They they are huge. They they are huge gulfs of difference.
We, we talk about race and origin. Listen, this is a huge divide between us. Because some, in fact, down generations, what gets passed down is all the hurt and the pain so that the pain and the hurt of the colonial era, of the British Empire, of all that happened, it still feels like today's pain. And, and you multiply that up by all the different tribal factions that there are, all the different um, relationships there are. Even I mentioned Brexit. That's just a, the latest version of all the divides that we've created according to race and origin and nationality. That's just one of those. We could spend ages going down here and just realize the things that divide us are massive. And I would dare to suggest to you the reason they, they, are, the reason they could divide us is because of fear. And there are three fears that I just want to touch on before we come to God's word. The first of those is the fear of the known difference between us. The difference I know we have between us. For, for what seems to be a period of uh, perjury and torment, I am still a Watford fan. Are there any Luton fans in the room? Now, if I knew you were a Luton fan... And as passionate about Luton as I am about Watford at the moment, although it's waning, the known difference between us, I could think, do you know what? We are never going to get on. I'm just afraid we're never going to get on. Now, I don't feel that way. I love Luton. God bless Luton. But I'm just using it as an example. Is that it could be the known differences between us. There's a fear of those. And so guess what? We just stay at arm's length. We just keep our distance. This is the problem in society as we spend most of our time keeping our distance. So, oh, we'll be a church family. How can we be a church family if we just keep our distance from each other all the time? We can't. The second fear is the fear of the unknown differences. Uh, I, I'm afraid of, of who you might really be. That I can't, the, the things I don't know about you that are different to me, I'm afraid of that, that we won't get on because of those. And so do you know what? I just keep my distance because I think you might be different from me. I can't really tell. What if I find out something about you that, that actually questions who I am or makes me feel uncomfortable or even worse? What if I find something out about you that provokes me to realize I need to change? Hello? What, what I'm afraid of is I'm afraid that the differences between us might point out something in me that needs to change. And frankly, I don't want to change. The third fear is the fear of being exposed. There is a fear of people knowing what we're really like. Because I've got a feeling... If you knew what I was really like, I would go down in your estimation. In fact, we've all got a fear that if people knew what we really thought and what we were really like, we would be rejected, that we'd be hurt. And no one wants to be hurt. And so the result of all of this is that we keep ourselves at a distance. And we try and relate to each other on an Instagram level. In other words, I'm quite happy to believe your Instagram lie, the things that you choose to put on Instagram, that that's you. 
on the agreement that, is it all right if you choose to accept the things that I put on Instagram? And so we can agree it's a contract of superficiality. Uh, and do you know what? Instagram, that's not family. My, my family do follow me on Instagram. I think, I think they do. <laughs> they know that in some of those Instagram moments, what's the other side of the camera has no filter on it. Yes? Our lives have no filter on them. Who we really are, no filter. And so what does it mean for us? What does the word of God have to say to us with all of those fears? And there's so much fear in all of these divides. How can we bridge all of these divides and genuinely be a church family? What does that really look like? Now, uh, a few years ago, in fact, probably 20-something years ago, in the early years of leading this church family um, start to wonder about what would it really look like to be, to be church. Like I said, not just to go to church, not just to talk like church, not just to pretend we're church, but to really be church. And I read this brilliant book by John Ortberg called Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them. <laughs> it's a really, really good book. I keep coming back to this illustration that I'm going to share with you because for me, it really captures something. So this is what John Ortberg has to say. In this book, he says this, the North American common porcupine is a member of the rodent family that has around 30,000 quills attached to its body. Each quill can be driven into an enemy and the enemy's body heat will cause the microscopic barb to expand and become more firmly embedded. The wounds can fester. The more dangerous ones affecting vital organs can be vital. The porcupine is not generally regarded as a lovable animal. The Latin name, Erythizon dorsatum, means the irritable back. And they all have one. Books and movies celebrate almost every conceivable animal, not just dogs and cats and horses, but also pigs. He mentions babe. Spiders, Charlotte's Web. Dolphins, Flipper. Bears, do anyone remember Gentle Ben? Shows how old it was. Killer whales, remember Free Willy? Even skunks have Pepe Le Pew. I don't know of any famous porcupines. I don't know any child who has one for a pet. As a general rule, porcupines have two methods for handling relationships, withdrawal and attack. They either head for a tree or stick out their quills. They're generally solitary animals, John says. Wolves run in packs. Sheep huddle in flocks. We speak of herds of elephants and gaggles of geese and even a murder of cows. But there is no special name for a group of porcupines because they travel alone. Porcupines don't always want to be alone. In the late autumn, a young porcupine's thoughts turn to love. But love turns out to be a risky business when you're a porcupine Females are open to dinner and a movie only once in a year. The window of opportunity closes quickly, and a girl porcupine's no is the most widely respected turndown in all of the animal kingdom. Fear and anger make them dangerous little creatures to be around. This is the porcupine's dilemma. How do you get close without getting hurt? 
John Altberg goes on to say, in the church, we are all porcupines trying to embrace. How do you get close without getting hurt? That is our dilemma. And in the end, what we're really talking about is control. The question is, in our relationships and in the church, who is in control? You see, the reason we keep our distance, I think, one of the reasons is because we want to be in control. We want an easy life. Anyone want an easy life? We want to be surrounded by people like us, people who like us, people who we like. We want to be surrounded by people that within a very safe level of parameters don't really question us, don't really cause us to grow much, don't really challenge our behavior. And so we keep in control. When it comes to the church, if we're going to be truly family, it does matter who's in control. And it's important it isn't any one of us. It's important that Jesus takes his rightful place at the center of his church and that the Holy Spirit is in control. Can I hear any amens? Amen. See, that amen says, yeah, please God, what we want, you, Holy Spirit, to be in control of what happens here. That we're not governing and managing our relationships for an easy life, but instead, Holy Spirit, we want to say, please be in control. That is my prayer for today. And as we pray before we leave this place, we're going to be saying, Holy Spirit, would you please help us bridge these divides? Come and be in control and help us learn what it means to be family. So with that in mind, that was just the introduction, by the way. Um, that that uh, curry is going to taste really good because it's going to have hours to cook before I'm finished. No, I'm just joking. I just want us to look at one of the passages of Scripture that I come to time and time again. I make no apology whatsoever for returning to it again. In fact, it was reading this that I want to just do a quick um, mention of my book here. I wrote this book on sabbatical, my second sabbatical, called The Power of One. And it makes no sense whatsoever for them to be in a box in a cupboard downstairs when this could help you and your family. It could help you. It's, not, it's basically unpacking some of uh, Ephesians. I'd really encourage you to get a copy. We're reducing it down pretty much to cost, cost price of just five pounds. Ordinarily, it'd be eight. Um, they're downstairs, okay, as well as Helen's book, which I'll mention later. We're doing that today just because uh, these are resources written for you. There's no point in them being in a box. You might as well read them and learn from them. Uh, we'll come now to something more important that was written 2,000 years ago, and this is from the Apostle Paul from the book of Ephesians. I'm just going to walk this through then we're going to pray, okay? It says this, Therefore I, this is, this is Paul writing to the church. He's not talking to you personally. He's talking to you lot. He's not saying you. He's saying you lot or you all in a very affectionate way. He's saying this is for all of you. Listen, he says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you've been called by God. He's pleading with them, saying, Church, I pray that you would all be who you're called to be. All of you, together as one church. Listen to this. He says, verse 2, always be humble and gentle. In fact, let's read it together. Always be humble and gentle. 
Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Verse 3, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Hallelujah. He's appealing to them. Come on, church. You can be family. In order to do that, I want you to make every effort to keep the unity of what? The unity of the Spirit. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. He says in order to do so, we need to be humble and gentle and patient with each other, to make allowance for each other's faults because of our love for one another. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Two months ago, we talked about being leaders of peace wherever we go, that we can bring shalom. We can bring, bring the peace of God where we go. Well, listen, guys, it needs to be here. It be begins in our gatherings. It begins in the church that we would be people who bring peace that we would be peace bringers. And I know we are, but I just sense God wanting to take us deeper and deeper into addressing the fear that our differences create. And here we are as porcupines trying to navigate how do we do community? How do we do church? How can we be family as a fearless family? The title for the talk today is about building fearless family. I believe that God wants to bridge the great divides that exist between us. Now, we know that this is a, a reality when we just only need to spend a few moments with each other. And we realize, we talked about language difference. Even for those, uh, we're speaking English, there's so many versions of English, right? They, they, you can be talking to someone, and in your head you're thinking, I have no idea what you're actually saying. <laughs> I, I think it might be a form of English, but your accent, I, honestly, I can't, I can't get it. Now, listen, I, 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 we all know, love uh, Shagan Shadipo so much. There's sometimes, I've, I think I've attuned to your use of language, Shagan, but I pick on you because I've got so much love for you. But there's been a few times <laughs> I've talked to you, and I'm like, Shagan... I think it's English, but I'm just having to decode a lot here. Now, that's a small thing, but we have to listen more carefully to each other. To really listen to someone is, is to show love to them in a really special way. Listen, we, we are called to make every effort, and we've all been in those situations where we feel like, I am really making every effort right now. To keep the unity of the Spirit. Notice it, he says, not that we make unity. Uh, I want to say to you today, we cannot make the church a family. We, we don't make unity. On the cross, on Calvary's cross, Jesus did that. By bringing grace into the world, by bringing his forgiveness, by pronouncing forgiveness over all people, he made us family. Can I hear any amens to that? Yes. 
by sending the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit came on all of them together, the pronouncement was made that people were from all languages and the tribes and tongues and nations. They, they spilled out on the day of Pentecost, speaking in different languages, the same message. They were united. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of Pentecost, we are already family. Can I hear any amens to that? We don't make our family, we, we don't make ourselves united. We can't make unity. Jesus has already done that on the cross. Hallelujah. He's adopted us into his what? Into his family. The spirit of adoption enables us to cry, Abba, Father, whatever, whatever language we're from, whatever tribe we're from, whatever country we're born in, whatever age we are, the same spirit of God enables us to call God, Abba, Father. We're already family. We're already family. So then the question is, what does it mean to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace? I believe God wants to help us. And the key is found here. The reason for this, you see, is because there's one body... One spirit, just as you've been called to one hope for the future. In other words, we're going to spend eternity together in the same place. Can I hear an amen? One glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all. Hallelujah. Who is over all and in all and living through all. So we not only can be family, we are family. But what does it take? How can we be family with all of these divides? Well, this is something that the early church grappled with between the Jews and the Gentiles. Grappled with, fought over, argued over, wrote letters about. That, that in the church, we had racism. There was definitely bias towards a whole load of these things. Culture, tradition, slaves and masters in the same church. There's nothing new about these divides. So, so what is the answer? What's going to make a difference? I've got one thing to share with you, and then we're going to pray. You see, there's one of the apostles, the apostle John, was known as the beloved disciple. He, he was really close to Jesus, spent a lot of time in Jesus' inner circle, if you like. And when he wrote his first letter to the church, he pulls together some of the most famous words, but also most beautiful ones, about love. And in, in uh, 1 John chapter 4... In verse, uh, in verse, the second half of verse 16 actually says, God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. Then in verse 17 he says, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Hallelujah. So we will not be what? We will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such Love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's a fear of punishment, and this shows that we've not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. Hallelujah. So when it comes to these great divides... There, there seems to me, and I don't want to be simplistic about this, but sometimes the simple things are the most profound. Can it, yes? It, it's not some formula that you don't need a degree in this to understand. There's one thing that expels all of the fear created by that, and this is what we really need to ask for, the, for more of from heaven. 
the love of Christ. I'm not talking about friendship love, about filial love. I'm not talking about erotic, you know, all the world, all we need is love. I'm not talking about the love that you get in most pop songs that is really about a momentary release of some endorphins. I'm not talking about eros love that comes and goes. I'm not even talking about romantic love that can last for a while. I'm talking about the eternal love of God that in the Old Testament they sang about and they said his love endures forever. It's the love of God. In the Greek, it's the agape, the love of God that never changes, that is not judgmental but is true, that is just and it is not condemning the love of God, the love of God that sent Jesus to the cross. It is love that will cast out fear, that will bridge all the dives between us. Hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy and I was happy before I started. The love of God. The love of God will, will bridge every divide between us. So you could be a, a Remainer or a Brexiteer and I'll still love you. You could be a Luton fan and i still love you. still love you because the love of God casts out all fear and the church full of the love of God is a fearless family where we're good with each other because of the love of God, right? There's no fear between us. There's no fear of being known or getting to know people. There's no distancing. Actually, we can learn to embrace with the love of God between us. So Paul says back in Ephesians, he says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowance for each other's faults. Why? He says, because of your love. Because when love abounds in the church, there's no place like it on the planet. Here we are in Wellspring Church, 40 different nationalities plus. People, people who are sofa surfing and people have multiple properties in London in the same place. People had to take several buses to get here, and even that was a stretch on your finances, and other people who drove up in a brand new paid-for Lexus, all in the same place. People with a couple of GCSEs, if you're lucky, and other people with multiple degrees and postgraduate degrees in the same place, gathered together, hallelujah, this is the church of Jesus Christ. This is the family of God. And the thing that binds us together, it's not our cleverness, it's not our name, it's not anything, it's the love of Jesus. So the challenge and invitation for us today, church, is that we would make every effort to live out that life of love. When it says in verse 2 in Ephesians 4, it talks about bearing with each other, this idea of bearing with. Anyone say, anyone have that, just, just bear with a minute, just bear with. Uh, I think we need to be saying that a lot. Uh, listen, I'm not who you think I am. I'm not everything I pretend to be. Would you just bear with me? And love says, okay. Listen, uh, I I'm still dealing with some trauma from my childhood. And that affects how I behave and how I act and how I speak. Would you just bear with me? And do you know what love says? I'll bear with you. I'm just dealing with that addiction, that thing that just, I wish I could shake it, but it's still there on a daily basis. And, and if everyone knew in the church, I'm not sure they'd approve. And I'm just working this thing through. Would you just bear with me? And do you know what love says? I'll bear with you. 
I, I, I'm just holding my marriage together and it's really strained and, and I don't even know how to bring it into words, but, but we're just working this thing. Would you bear with me? And love says, yeah, I'll bear with you. As a church family, we're just a church family. We're just trying to learn what that is. And I know many people over, the year, over 25 years have been let down by this church family. I know many times I felt let down by this church family. You know what? We're still here. We're still loving God. We're just learning to be family. We let each other down all the time. But hallelujah, thank you, God, for your grace. We're still here trying to make it work. That's the difference love makes. Hallelujah. I I said I'd mention Helen's book, and I love this little analogy. I'm going to steal from her if I can. It's a great book, really primarily written uh, to help women champion each other rather than get fall into the comparison trap, which is what it's called. And Helen says this. She goes, perhaps uh, this is. She says, perhaps relational L plates would be helpful for us all to wear. To authentically own our personal L plates is to live transparently, not pretending to be all sorted, but still seeking to grow honestly and learn. Um, She says that, however, we must successfully function according to our gifts and thrive in our body part for Christ. If we do this without being identified with an L for love, then we're not going to be relating to others well. Love is an area we need to remain living as learners. I just thought that's great. We need to be wearing our L plates and, and we'll never need to take them off. And if the L plates actually lead us, which that's, I think that's clever, is this idea of to wear our love plates, if you like, we're learning to love. And this is what I'd love to encourage us to do. I wonder if, Toy, if you could come and begin to, just with the gift of music and melody, begin to play, I think there's a couple of things that might be good for us to do. The first thing would be to admit, to confess the many times we haven't loved each other. To admit the many times that we have, we have been judgmental in our thoughts and actually we, we've pushed people away. And I think we need to deal with some of that in prayer. And then after a few minutes, and we're going to see what God wants to do by his spirit, but then we're going to then pray for each other and just pray a really simple blessing before we finish together. So, the truth is we're really, we really don't know each other. Not in the way that we're going to. And that's okay. Because we're learning to love each other. And I can't imagine a better group of people to learn with. So if we come to this with open hearts and open minds and say, do you know what? I was hurt by that church, by that Christian, that person. If we bring all that to God and say, God, here it is. It's all a bit of a mess. But Lord, would you teach me how to love? Then do you know what? I think all of heaven will rush and say, yeah, here you are, Wellspring Church. Here's a fresh dose of your spirit, a fresh dose of my spirit, says the Lord. I'm going to teach you how to love. I'm going to bring healing and hope and restoration. 
And all that loneliness and isolation can be replaced with real relationships. This is God's heart as we become a fearless family. So I'm going to invite you, if you're able to, to stand where you are. And at home, I'd encourage you to make sure other screens are off and put other stuff around. I'd invite you to stand. And we're going to pray some simple prayers just in our own heart. In this moment, let's, let's just be honest with God. Let's just confess the times we've, we've allowed all those tendencies, all those divides to, to keep everyone away from us. All that disappointment, all those fears. Let's bring those to God, just where you are, just however, you've, however you know how to pray. Let's bring those to God, Father, Heavenly Father, we come to you as your sons and your daughters, and we've still got so much to learn, Lord. We've got so much to learn. And we want to say today, God, we're so sorry for times we have been judgmental, for times we have been hard, for times we've pushed people away instead of stepping closer. We've We've gone for the attack. We're sorry, God, for times we've missed out on opportunities for fellowship to to just keep ourselves in our bubble of what's comfortable around us. God, we want to say, Lord, would you forgive us and help us? God, I'm so sorry for times when I've kept things safe. I'm so sorry, Lord, for times when I've kept things in my safe, comfortable control. I'm so, God, sorry for the times when I haven't reached out, when I haven't prayed. And I want to say, God, would you forgive me and help me? And we want to say together, would you forgive us and would you help us? And we thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you that on the cross you declared, Father, forgive them. And so, Lord, we receive your forgiveness We receive your grace and say thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you for the gift of your spirit, the spirit of unity. And God, we pray that we might experience such a sense of unity among us, Lord, that there'll be such a blessing on every household, every family, every community around us, Lord. So we say forgive us and help us. And God, I pray you give us the courage to make amends, to let love come in where fear has gripped us to take a step today, this week, to repair that relationship, to offer that apology, to build that bridge again. Lord, may your love flood into all of our relationships, into all our families, around meal tables. Let love abound. In WhatsApp messages, let love abound. In telephone conversations and Zoom calls, let love abound. And in this church family, we say, Lord, let love abound. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11am in person and online. 